0: You can, uh, you can have a seat. Thank you so much for that worship. Uh, it's, uh, it's more than excellence. It's a hunger for the presence of God that we see in our band and in the leadership of it. And uh, I'm so thankful to be working with and being around people of such high caliber that love God and do everything well in his presence. Uh, my name is... Tim Sawatsky, I do the pastoral care here at the church, or at least I'm one of them that does it, and I'm so glad you could be here today. Uh, Saranna, it was a real great promotion you gave me from assistant pastor to um, bishop. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm sure that'll come through in the next paycheck. That'll be great. Uh, we, had, we had a prayer meeting here on Wednesday evening from 6.30 to 7.30, and the theme of the prayer meeting was youth. And uh, we saw a number of parents show up for that. We Actually, it wasn't accidental that we put it then, because that's when the parents are dropping off their kids for the youth events on Wednesday night. And uh, we, we saw a lot of people thanking God for the leadership, the, the overarching leadership of the church and for, and for you, Sarana, and the team that you, you have. Um, we prayed for you guys. And uh, I, I just, yeah, honor is a big deal to me. And Sarana, you're very honorable. And there's, there's something that happened when David was on the run. You're not on the run from anybody, but David was on the run. And there was people that gathered around him that were uh, less than... Um, it, people that were back paying their taxes. Like they were like on the run, I need to get out of here because the collector's looking for me. I'm going to follow David. Not the best type of people. But in being around David, they became people that knew how to honor. And, and those same people that were uh, sort of less than high quality people at the beginning were with David lamenting at the death of Saul at the end. They had a heart for leadership that David imparted to them. And I I just believe that God is just doing a great job of imparting honor through you to the people that you lead. And he's going to give you more people. And that uh, they honor leadership and they honor God first and foremost above everything. And there's there's just an anointing on you to do that. So I just wanted to say that. It's a big deal. There's something that happens sometimes when we pray. I, I, was, I was invited by a friend when I was in Bible college. He just said, Tim, would you, would you pray with me this evening? And I said, sure. And we went down into the, into the dorm three of our Bible college in Eston, Saskatchewan. And we just prayed together. And there was a, such a deep sense of the presence of God. Um, and then someone came through because they had to do their laundry. They came through with a basket of clothes. They saw us praying, and they just joined us. And within a few weeks, we had a packed basement full of guys in dorm three just seeking God's face, just crying out for him to move in our lives and in our cities, wherever we were. And we would start at nine sometimes and it would finish after midnight. And it felt like about 15 minutes. There was just such a deep sense of what God was doing. God changes time sometimes when we're in his presence. And I've prayed with a number of people at the front here And we we pray for their situation. Sometimes they'll say, hey, I've prayed now. Would you pray? And I'll agree with you. And they'll tell me, with no condemnation, they'll tell me, like, I don't know how to pray. I would love the next time that we announce a Wednesday evening prayer night just for one hour. Come out. Just come on out. You don't have to pray. Here's what we do. We, We put a mic at the front here. Well, We might not do it like this every time, but we put a mic at the front here. We don't demand everyone pray. But some people came and they just sat in the presence of God that night. And they just, they just experienced his nearness. And a lot of people just prayed out of the deep desires of their heart for God to move. Over their, over their families, over their children, over the leadership. And, uh, and we, I talked to one person afterwards. And she said that went by so quickly. And I was like, yeah, sometimes that happens in prayer. So if you don't know how to pray, listen for the next time we have a prayer meeting here at the church. And come on out. And learn how to pray. Okay. Not my topic. The topic today is Sabbath. Sabbath. What is Sabbath? Sabbath means a number of things, but one thing it does mean is stop. Stop. I... I don't always spend my weekends well. I, I'm doing better. When I was uh, in youth group, when I was in my, you know, 15, 16 years old, uh, my friends and I, we would rent about five movies on VHS for $10. It was a deal we had. We would get, like, about five boxes of pizza. We would play Mario Kart or, you know, Goldeneye. I think Goldeneye was out at that point. And... Uh, and we would just game and just play all night, eat pizza, and then wake up the next morning and like eat cold pizza. And my youth pastor would go to me and he would say, "Tim, you're you're a child of the of the light, not not of the dark, not of the night. You, you need to stop being like. You, you need a real life, Tim." And and uh, and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? I'm not great the next day. I I I I would kind of come crashing into Monday." Uh, worse than I was on Friday, you know, and Sunday was kind of a write-off sometimes. And um, there's there's a way to spend the Sabbath where you go into it tired and you leave refreshed. I'm not going to explain all of it today, but one thing I am going to say is, is that it's important to stop, to just stop. When we have lack of sleep, medically speaking, when we have lack of sleep, it slows our thinking. Our attention span is, is shorter. Our memory is poor. Our decision making can be awful. Our energy is low. Stress, anxiety, irritability through the roof. Uh, I, I run. I like to brag about how much of a runner I am, you know, but uh, my running performance, my physical performance falls off if I am out of, uh, if I'm not rested. Not being rested, lack of sleep can lead to, it can have associations with depression, anxiety, and bipolar disorder, mental disorders, can be exasperated by a lack of rest. In Bible college, pulling all-nighters, I can't do this anymore, but you would work all night, I would start at midnight, doing the paper, I would hand it in at 6 a.m., slipping under the door, I would go to class, I would just keep on going, And then I would wonder, why are my thoughts so melancholy? Why do I feel like I don't have a friend in the world? And it's like, Tim, the godliest thing you can do at that point is go to bed and just get some sleep. You'll realize how many friends you have tomorrow when you wake up. Just go to bed, get some rest. Rest is important. Stopping is important. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, It talks about how God, almighty God, stopped. Stopped. It says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he'd done in creation. We cannot think that we are all that. When God stops. Well, God can stop, but I, you know, God stopped. God stopped for a day. He worked six days, and then he stopped. And God built that rhythm into our lives, and he actually commissioned us to do the same thing. In Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11, here's what it says. It says, remember the Sabbath day. Remember it because you can forget it. We can forget this day. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What does that even mean? Does that mean I'm, I'm, I am a monk on the seventh day? Let's get back to that. Keep it holy. Let's, let's talk about that later. Six days you shall labor. And this is important. Six days you shall labor. We should work for six days. We should go for it we should know that on, we will have one day that week where we can cross the finish line and we can stop. And that allows me to go for six so that I can stop for one. Do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son, or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. There is actually something here for, uh, for spiritual influencers and spiritual leaders in the household to pay attention to. This is how you set the tone. And they're like, you know what, for our household, we are going to treat one day as holy. Why? We're, g- we're going to get to that. But it's, an, it's something to set the tone for your home. In six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. There's a day that is blessed, and it is not Monday. All right? We carry the blessing into Monday from our Sabbath, okay? That is how it works. Now, this is a commandment. This is a commandment. You know, it's up there with don't kill people, don't commit adultery, these types of things. And I'm not talking legalism here. Jesus, Jesus would go on to say when the Pharisees had made Sabbath burdensome, like if uh, you, you don't do anything, like you could displeasure God by um, something as trite, say as, of, oh, I forgot, to, I had a pin in my shirt. And I wore it, you know, my, that shirt, my favorite shirt, and I, I walked around outside on the Sabbath. And they're like, you carried a burden. You broke the Sabbath. It's like, oh, my goodness. Jesus is like, you know, the Sabbath was not, man was not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man. So let's just get that out of the way. I'm not talking legalism here. I'm talking something that benefits. The commandments all begin with Exodus 20, verse 2. It says... I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is God's commandments to a nation that was previously slaves. Here are criteria that slaves need to adjust to and learn. And one of them is to have a Sabbath. And we can feel like slaves. We feel like slaves to our devices. We can feel like slaves in the pace of life. The price of gas goes up. The price of food goes up. I need to, I need to work extra shifts. I literally need to work more to earn less, and it, and it doesn't purchase what it used to. There's a pressure on us here. Exodus 5, verses 1 to 9, gives a context for what God just said here. All these commandments come from someone that said to them, I'm the Lord your God, freed you from slavery. Here is how that looked when that began, when Moses and Aaron approached Herod to free an entire nation of Israel from Egypt. This is Exodus 5 verses 1 to 9. Afterward, Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. That was the mandate that was on them. It wasn't to let them go and just disappear. There's a purpose to it. There's a purpose to, to, to let, being them let go so that they can connect with God. And be reinvigorated again. Let my people go that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know the Lord. So he, here is how to not treat it as holy. is to look at God and go, who is God? This Pharaoh says, who is this God? I don't know him. I don't honor him. Sabbath defines who you will follow and who you will listen to. To set aside a day as holy so that you could follow God and hear his voice and pay attention and just stop so that he may say something to you is a big deal. And we've fallen out of time with this. He says, I will not let Israel go. And then they said, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God lest you fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. We know that this would happen to Egypt later on. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. Get back to your burdens. And this is what falls upon us to not rest and not stop. Get back to your burdens. Get back to your work. Society values us for what we produce. Devices see our attention as a product. We are both valued for what we make and for the attention we give by society and by our enemy, the enemy of our souls. This is not so with God. Behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from your burdens. The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, "You shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks." As in the past, let them go and gather straw for themselves, but the number of bricks they have that they make in the past you shall impose on them, and they shall by no means reduce it. So here is Pharaoh's answer to Sabbath and the risk of an entire nation hearing God's voice. He said, Work harder. They will not hear the voice of their God, and they will not cry out to him if they are busy. And this was the task of of Israel at that point, was to make bricks for what was being built in Egypt at that point. You make bricks with a lot of mud, forms. You hold it together, just like rebar and concrete, you put straw into the bricks to give it strength and to hold it together. And this was gathered for them at that point. And now he says, no, we're not going to supply that anymore. We're going to, in effect, exponentially increase the load on them. They're going to have no time to think. Let them gather their own straw. They will not change their quotas at all. That was the enemy's answer to God's call upon their lives. He says, for they are idle, and therefore they cry. Let us go and offer sacrifices to our God. Let heavier work be laid on the men, that they may labor at it and pay no regard to lying words. This is how you treat the Sabbath as unholy. This is Pharaoh's response. And like I said, Sarah, Sabbath defines who you will follow and who you will listen to. And if they stop, they might cry out to God and they might hear what he is saying to them. And do we feel God's silence in our lives? Do we feel like there's, when um, the scripture says that there's a famine, not of food, but of the word of God? Do we feel hungry? Do we feel like, where is God? And surrounding you touched on it here this morning. And sometimes you have to kind of read the room when, when a service is going on. And every service feels different. But sometimes you feel like, I wonder if there are some people here that feel like God is not near to them. It's important to stop once in a while. And just listen. Just listen. And the power of God is so powerful that his word is actually active even when we're not. In Matthew, I believe it's Matthew uh, 13, there's a number of parables of what the kingdom of God is. This isn't going to be on the screen, but in Matthew 13, one of the ways uh, of the kingdom of God is that they describe it as a seed, a mustard seed, where God plants a seed, and that seed is representative of the word of God, and it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it grows, it is a tree in the garden, It's not a a vine, it's not a a pile of strawberries, it's actually a tree. It goes in something so small. And yet, if you leave it alone, if it's water, it just pervades, it just spreads, it fills out. And the frustration we feel with not growing fast enough or not maturing or not becoming closer to God like we think we should, sometimes it's just a matter of stopping and allowing and, and trusting that the Word of God is spreading in our hearts. It's a step of faith to stop. It's a step of faith to stop. It's important. But Tim, if I don't stop, the work won't get done. Okay, all right, so maybe. Maybe, and is that okay? Go hard for six days, stop for one. That's a step of faith for some people. And that's a big deal. To stop is to say, Lord, I will trust you for what needs to get done for one day so that I can honor it as holy and just stop. And we're going we're gonna to get into all the other aspects of what Sabbath is, but today the aspect is just, can you stop? We'll get into all, that, all the things that that means for Sunday or, or for your Sabbath day, but today is just like, can I stop in faith and know that the world won't crumble? that I can honor God and that he will take care of my needs. This is something we need to have a a faith to do. And we do it by actually stopping instead of starting things. You're really quiet today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm not much... You know what? I, I like to diffuse it and be funny. Then I hear people laugh and then it feels good. But... But this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. Um, We are in such a workaholic place, and sometimes we feel really burned out. And we have to pay attention even to volunteers here. You know, like, we have to respect their time. We don't want to put huge demands on people. And I, uh, pastorally, I hate to even ask people to do stuff. I don't like laying things on people. As a pastor, I like to take things off of them. But this is one thing I'll bow to you. Can you stop for a day and see what might happen? And you might be saying, I don't see anything happening on the CSM. I've actually stopped and I've seen nothing. Fine. No problem. I can answer that problem right now. When Israel, you won't find a scripture for this, sorry. I mean, you won't up there, but you will, in, you know, you, you will. <laughs> Exodus. Israel has been freed. We jump ahead. Israel is freed. They begin to uh, let's just say complain. I really miss the meat. I miss the onions. I miss the I miss the protein that we used to have in Egypt. It was so so good. And we're out here. We're living on on hardtack and camping food. And it's yeah. It was it was it was interesting. But now it's just boring. And. God supplies them with something called manna. Manna, which I believe translated means, what is it? <laughs> manna comes from heaven, and it forms like frost on the ground. And they're like, w- w- we eat this? Yes, you eat it. It tastes like honey. It tastes like honey and bread. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Incredible. Their taste for that was they're like, okay, I've got manna, but I remember the meat. I got, I got something from that very hand of God, but I remember Egypt, and it tasted so, so good. There's something that happens when God is speaking to your spirit that may not minister to any other part of you. And that's why I allude to that idea of the kingdom of heaven like a seed working in you. God could be working deeply in your life while you're sitting still. And that feels weird and a little counterproductive for us. It's like, no, I need to fast to earn the pleasure of God. I I need to do all these things to earn the love of God, to move forward and forge ahead. And you know what? Sometimes we do. We need to fight and move forward and things like that. But there's other times to pay attention to where it's just like, you know what? I need to stop. And I need to know that God is at work in my life, even if I don't feel him. So if you're here today and you feel like God is kind of silent in your life, he may not be speaking to that part of you that likes uh, the food from Egypt. He might be speaking to your very spirit, which is getting a new taste for manna, what God hands out to you, okay? When I first got saved, I experienced just a very fiery presence of God in my life i come home from school every day when I was 15, and I would just sit there and just experience the presence of God in my room. I'd pray. I would feel so close to God. And then that slowly faded, and I was like, was that sin in my life? Like, what did I do, God? And God is like, no, no. I'm actually speaking more to your spirit right now, and your soul, your body can't notice it. So just be still, and you'll, and you'll begin to pick it up again. You'll know what I'm doing. I was like, okay, I'll do that. All right? Is that too metaphysical? A little bit? Okay, good. Okay, awesome. Great. When we're tired, parents know this. When we come home from work, you know, I've managed to keep it together so long, I didn't snap off anybody's head all day at work. And now I'm coming home, and I'm kind of like running through the finish line as I go in the door, and oh, the kids. Oh, the conflict at home. I I just push through like, so much, and now I'm like exhausted, I get home. It is so much harder to love people when you're tired, when you're exhausted. This is why we stop, so that we can actually love like Christ loved. Matthew 22, 37, 39 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all that is you and all that you have, love, and we know that love is demanding because sometimes we don't feel like it. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Can we love without stopping? Can we love without Sabbath? I will say no. No. Because part of that working six days is actually not just putting in the time your shift, your, your work, your contracting, whatever. It's also loving people and going hard when you get home and loving your kids and loving the people around you that are, it's a little bit uphill to love them. You're pushing that rock up, upwards and it's like some people are easy to love, some people it's a bit of an uphill. That's what we do for six days. And then we stop for one. And we recharge. So that what? So that we can love. Do you sometimes get to the end of the day and kind of feel like, Lord, I really, I really blew it. I exploded today at somebody. I snapped at someone. There's regret sometimes at the end of the day. One of the things that will lead to less regretful days is to stop for one to stop, and you can even begin to ask yourself now, what are the things that would put me back together when I stop for one day? What are those things? Love is how we measure our progress in following Christ and in being like him and allowing him to move in our life like a seed that spreads to every part of it. And we have to stop to see where that is happening in our lives so that we can love more. When I'm tired, I will ever, never eat more carbs than when I'm tired. I will, okay, no, like today, okay, I know Friday is the cheat day, but man, Tuesday. Tuesday was hard, and I think I deserve, you know, a blizzard, you know, maybe a couple of burgers in the drive through McDonald's because they're cheap. Uh, and it's just like discipline goes right out the window at that point when you're tired. I will snap at people. I will at least be self-aware enough to know that today is a bad day for me to have a crucial conversation with someone. It's like, I know I needed to have an important, pivotal, important meeting with that person, but I have no self-restraint today. And this will go poorly if I have it now. So I need to have a day off a stoppage, stoppage in play, so that I can have those conversations that need to be had. So that important things can be accomplished and relationships can move forward through crucial conversations that we need to have with each other. I need to be in the right shape to do that. If I'm going to hold to the word God spoke, I have to stop and remember it when I'm challenged in life, when I'm wondering if I made the right decisions and I'm really questioning my life choices, I need to stop and go like, what were the things that God said to me that got me here? Have I lost my ever-loving mind in following him this far? I need to stop and go, what did God say to me? And pay attention to those things. I write down a number of things that I feel God said and a number of things that other people have said to me. And I remember and recall them. And it's sort of like I stopped and I took a knee and just paused my life and just went like, okay, am I on the right track? And Lord, I'm stopping right now. And if you need to say redirect, I will listen to you right now. Some of the most crucial things I've done in my life came after holidays. When I got away and I could hear God in a fresh way. And that's the importance of Sabbath. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 to 30, this is what it comes down to. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when I read that, it actually harkens back to the commandment and the reason for the commandment, the calling out of slavery. And Jesus is saying that again to his church, to his people, to anyone that would listen. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. It's a matter of meeting with Jesus. That's one of the things that we can do when we stop. We can pause. We can, by faith, reach out and listen to Christ and say, Christ, is there anything you want to say to me today? We honor God above a sense of being overwhelmed. One of the most highly trained skills that an army can have is being prepared for an ambush and playing their part in it when ambushes are run by military, and there's examples of this in the Bible, where you will sucker in the enemy by fainting that you're attacking them, and then you'll allow them to chase you and and to follow you back, and you'll run from them, and you'll retreat. And that takes discipline to run without terror in your hearts. And while you're succoring the enemy out of the gates of their city, you'll see the pincher attack movement from armies on either side or from behind that will come in and ambush them. But to be so disciplined in your in your mind and in your spirit and in your skills to be able to pull back and allow to to do something that is so anti-instinct in you. It's a huge discipline. And that is what Sabbath is. To stop is a discipline to pull back, and to do it even though the world says, no, we value you for what you produce. Your worth is actually tied up in that. We don't want to act in that way. We don't want to say that we are what we produce. God calls us to something else. He calls us to actually be with him. He wants us for who we are. And by being with him and understanding that he loves us for who we are, it actually makes us productive those other six days. We act not out of a question of our identity, but out of a knowing I am loved by God. And this is what we do. The first phrase that Jesus says there is, come to me. And that is where we begin in our Sabbath. Come to me, all who are labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The first answer is Jesus and a relationship with him. If you don't know Jesus, we can pray with you today, and you can know Christ. You can... St- Have a sense of not questioning your identity or finding it in what you produce, but in knowing who loves you. Learn from me, Jesus says, and we can learn from him. He speaks and is alive, and you will find rest for your souls. It's in coming to Jesus that we find rest for our souls that are constantly driving us and questioning our identity, and this is where we go with it. That's all I wanted to share today. And I just want to pray with us right now. I'm going to ask the band to come back up again. If this is something that you know you wrestle with, and you want to know more about it, you can still join us for following the way or practicing the way. We're going to be meeting after church here in Connect Groups. You can sign up for it out at the info desk. We're going to be doing it for three more weeks. And this is going to be how you can connect and learn more about the Bible and the disciplines that can make you a strong believer and someone who stands by faith and moves forward in their walk with God. So if you feel unsteady in your faith, this is a good beginning for you. If you want to have community with people, come on and get connected here and see where it goes. But we're just going to pray right now. If you could stand with me for a moment. I just want to pray Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And Father, we just stop and know that you are God and we are not. That our employers are not God. That the pressures of life are not God. We acknowledge you as high above all else. We declare that you are high and holy and lifted up. And we take our day and we do that. We exalt you in this day. We realign ourselves to follow you and no other other idol. We repent, Father God, of following anyone else's promptings but you. Lord Jesus, forgive us for not giving you the honor that you deserve. We receive your forgiveness now through the blood of Jesus who washed our sins away. We receive your joy and your love into our hearts. We receive the kingdom of God deeper, that that seed of the kingdom of God deeper into our hearts to know you more, that it would become, make us more Christ-like and more aware of your presence. We thank you for that. For those that are enslaved to work, that feel like they're on a treadmill, that are too tired to love, we bless them in the name of Jesus and we declare that the Lord is with you and that he gives you what you need and that he calls you to a rest so that you can go forward from there and win and love and be like Christ. So Father, I'm stopping. I'm coming back to you. I'm giving you a sacrifice of the most expensive thing I own. I'm giving you my time. I want you alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Serena. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.